welcome to another Avatar-filled episode of Zing This. You got me, Avatar Zinger. And me, Ellie. And you got me, the Deserter Berg. Ah, good, good, good. Awesome. So we've got a great episode lined up for you guys where we finish, see, I mean, sorry, book one. Book one. Book one <laughs> of Avatar, season one for the plebs. And um, then we will, of course, move on to book two, which we will once again split up the seasons because it seems that this is working. It gives us time to look into each of these episodes, talk about them, and go over them. But before we get in to the Avatar discussion... A certain trailer was released this week. A trailer that some found amazing. Others found needs to take higher ground. And some people were just like, eh, it's a thing. So, we are, of course, talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer. Ellie, as the um, host of Zing Wars, which will be coming back... Soon. Okay. How's that book reading? I mean, how's that um, graphic novel reading going? Um, about halfway. And yay or nay on it so far? I don't give early, um, just early impressions. You will have to tune into our episode. So on that note, give us your early impressions <laughs> of the Kenobi trailer. Um, I think it looks fun and I am proud of them for not kind of leaking a lot of stuff and saving it for the show. I feel like this is a direct criticism of what I will say yes. later. Yes. Yes. Eric, your opinion. I, I agree. I think they did a good job of exclaiming while not explaining too much. Um, I, I'm already... I, I, I'm excited for it. I'm still kind of like... Because they... I don't know. I know they're teasing the return of Darth Vader. And I know we... Did, did you and I talk about this? Did we talk about this? I oh, can't I've, remember. I've, I've yelled about this on podcast. I've gone to street corners. I've gone into people's houses. Really? And, yeah. and, and, and yelled about this. Oh. Not people I, that uh, woke yeah. me in. I break in to, to <laughs> yell about how I am very not looking forward to a rematch in person between these two. Because I'm like, it, it cheapens a thing in, 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 in the original trilogy. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That's because I've seen a lot of promotional images. Uh, was it Entertainment Weekly also released a bunch of stuff in conjunction with it, and they're like, oh, they're teasing it and everything. And it's, I'm just like, that's one thing. I just feel like that's kind of like my one kind of very like, are they going to do it? So it's like, oh, this actually made it worth it, or or not? I don't know. But otherwise, I'm I'm excited for it. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what happens with the Obi Wan Kenobi. I am blindly indifferent to this. As much as I love Obi-Wan as a character and enjoy it, I've never sat there and banged on a table saying, give me more. I'm like, I feel like what we had is enough. So us getting this for me is kind of like a, it's, it's, it's a moot point in the sense of I'm like, I don't want this because I don't want every single day of this man's life explained to me because I kind of want there to be this ambiguity of at least in my own headcanon, I can kind of put pieces together of what he was up to. That being said, we are getting a lot more of, um, of course, animated characters making live-action debuts, which to the better or worst of it, some people are yay and nay on this. As I've already said, everyone knows Vader's going to be in this, so that's the reason I was a little bit like, that tease at the end with hearing and breathing was kind of a meh thing for me. 
As for their rematch, if they do it right, which don't ask me how I want that done right, because I don't have an answer, but I will be disappointed in any other way. Like I said, I'm not trying to be one of those Star Wars fans, but at the same time, I am. If you want more thoughts on this, you can listen to like a two-hour discussion on this topic from Knights of Vader where I was on it and i think i thank gave... you for warning me because i definitely won't check that out I, I mean it's it's a good conversation it's just i mm. said everything i said in those two hours in the past what we aren't even at four minutes of recording now and <sighs> i've already covered all of it i feel like you're saying this just so you can say that i'm that guy and then when you watch the first episode you will be I like want this oh my god me. i love this i want this to impress me i said with boba fett I went into that series having no expectations as a positive thing, and I left that series very impressed with some stuff and overly impressed with two episodes that had nothing to do with it. So I cannot wait for in this series to see what Grogu and Mandalorian are up to, even though this takes place way prior to them being a thing. So I'm going to be very excited for that. Also, I'm calling it right now, Shakti's the one that saved Grogu. Because she is, in Star Wars, the most dead character. Because they have killed her off-screen, on-screen, in every different way so many times. But yet, there's no canonical death for her, to the best of my knowledge. So, with that being said, we will move on. Of course, we will do more discussions on Obi-Wan when that comes out. Probably, I don't know. Phil Rude seems like an angry enough person to have on to discuss it. So, I will see if I can get him on. Anyways, moving on to Avatar. So when we last left Avatar, we'd left with a episode, episode uh, 10, Jet, directed by Dave Filoni, because of course we can't go an episode without discussing him, and then we moved on to the next set of episodes, which, Eric, you are our canary in the coal mine, if it were. I, I, I know we've kind of vaguely discussed it, but... We're going to go over each episode, but I want your first opinions on, on, on the last, on, on, I guess you can give your opinion on the whole season now. Yeah. Technically. Well, I'll just, I'll just continue on with kind of what I told you ahead of time. Like I like the first 10 episodes. I thought they were fun. I thought they were good. I was like, all right, I'm in this second set of 10 episodes just blew it out of the water. Like absolutely just everything just ramped up right from the beginning. Every episode I felt like really either was it had good action, uh, had a lot of good character development or and or a lot of good plot progression. Um, everything. It was just one of those where it was like, in fact, I was actually I pulled up the list of episodes because I watched the first five of this last set of 10 episodes. I think like one, maybe two at a time. But then when I hit um, like episode 15 or 16 to the end, it was just like one after another. And I was like, All right, I need to actually go back so I can have the episodes ready to go because all the episodes just kind of went together because I was just like watching them. I was like, I couldn't stop watching it. It was so awesome. So amazing. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and just what it did for the show, what it did for the characters. And uh, I'm excited to discuss. All right, Ellie, as our resident avatar um, fan, I was about to say, I'm, I, I enjoy it. It's just, I actually realized I don't think I've seen every episode of the show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. I'm like watching this. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this episode. Oh my God. And I love season two. Season yeah. two is amazing. But but the thing I want to say, sorry, you, you go ahead with, with, with your opinion, I guess, on these final episodes real quick before we get into each of them. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with talking about it at the end. Okay. 
yeah, but um, yes. I mean, I, I'm kind of biased. I I love it all. So yes, I the the last ten, especially when they get into, you get to truly see a avatar f- um, form mm-hmm. when he hones in a spirit form. So. That, yeah, you get to see some really cool stuff and some amazing character development for um, the prince. Um, so, yeah, these these ten episodes are, are really fun. So, my, my thing real quick on, this epi- on these episodes is I, for one, appreciate when a series, even though this series was cut down in, in its... And, and later, as it goes on, that, that they weren't able to do everything they wanted to, but they got a full story out. This series laid so much groundwork and did such a great job of establishing and doing stuff and paying off stuff and giving everything time to develop in a way that is phenomenal. As somebody who's watched and knows where stuff goes, I appreciate earlier on being watching it and being like, I didn't realize they had that callback or, or th- that reference there or that this is something that they're building towards. Because, Eric, what's the importance of Ba Sing Se? What is the what and the who? Ba Sing Se. It's been something that's been brought up a lot, but do you know anything about it? Nope. And that's something that later on, it becomes a very important city and everything, but it's been hinted at, it's been talked about, it's some where a ton of the refugees are going. It's been talked about with Ira. It's something that has been kept on laying the groundwork of the, that, that name's being mentioned a lot, but it will pay off. Like I said, I appreciate this because they had a perfect outline of where they wanted to go with all this, and they did a phenomenal job of checking every box to make sure that you were watching and if you were paying attention, there is a grander story being told that every piece falls into place when it needs to. On that note, episode 11, The Great Divide. So, this is a um, episode where, um, basically, we, we, we have to put to the test Aang's ability as a diplomat, as somebody who is the avatar that everyone gets to look, look up to. First, he has to deal with an issue between Katara and Sokka being at each other's throats, and then you have to deal with the with with, with the two Earth Nation tribes being at each other's throats and have been fighting for over a hundred years, feuding, and they have to basically work together to get through a I I, I guess, for lack of a better term, the Grand Canyon. And they are on their way to Bossing Sing Se. Se. I, as I said, <laughs> as I said, there's a lot of stuff being hinted at here that pays off way later. Um, and and I I I like this episode. We also got to see some earthbending from a character that I I don't think <laughs> makes an appearance again, but has has some great moments from that guide. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. So this episode was cool because it was. For for me, it was a nice fresh start back into this. I, I I thought this episode, when I was trying to remember back, I thought it was completely different. Also, it shows a lot of character growth from, um, Aang to be like what, I mean, him growing as a leader and everything, but also as possibly a um a little bit of a fibber at times with with stuff. But it's it's the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few sort of thing. 
Also, this has one of my favorite lines from Sokka, I think, in the first season. And that line was the, um, I only agreed with them because they fed me. So. Well, I mean, Sokka does live by his stomach. So. I, I, I really like how <laughs> how the, there was that flip-flop of Katara with, with the one group. Of, yeah. They were like, oh, I don't know if I should eat this and everything. And and then she has to pry the information out of the, the, the one group. Whereas Sokka, they just feed him and tell him everything. And he does <laughs> nothing to try to get the information. It's just he just lucks into all of that. Like I said, I thought it was a great episode. It was it it, it, it was one that I was going into not expecting it to be as good as it was. Because so I was like, oh, this is a burner episode. And it's like, no, it's actually a pretty good one. Also, the change-up of animation styles I thought was great for the different storytelling aspects. Ellie, do you got any opinions on The Great Divide that I already didn't mention? Yeah, so I I did like this one. Um, I think the the creatures were fun. The um, spider-crocodile hybrids? <laughs> yes. Um, and canyon crawlers. Canyon crawlers. Um, that's one thing that's great about this show is... They really do have some neat mixes. Like they do this a lot where they mix multiple types of animals together to make Mm -hmm. a brand new one. Um, So I'm sure that was quite a fun challenge for the animators. Um, But I I do like, um, I did like the little creatures. They were pretty fun. Um, I liked the telling of Aang's like Oh, I knew them yeah. 100 years ago kind of thing. And I liked the way he made it like it was just a cute little game between the two. And how... Just how charismatic and how trusting. It's just kind of ironic. It's like everyone trusts him so much and they just believed the story. <laughs> you know, they didn't really... They asked a couple questions because they were like, well, what about this and what about this? But overall, um, I think it's funny how trusting he is even when he's lying. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's, Well, massaging the truth. Yes, yes. Um, and it's funny because how like even something like this, like this part about him kind of fibbing comes mm-hmm. up later in the season. Yeah. Um, so... I guess that's kind of the whole, you do it once, it's easier to do it again kind of concept. But um, but no, I, I did like this overall. I thought it was a nice little break. And even though it was a pretty serious topic, they still made it light um, and, and airy too. So yeah, yeah, I didn't mind this episode at all. Eric, what about you? Great divide, yay, nay. I liked it. It was a good, like you said, it was kind of a good like, starting restarting point because i hadn't watched until since we finished the first 10 episodes uh, and that was about a month ago so i kind of had to do a quick little just scrolling through to refresh myself and i thought um ending with jet and then starting with the great divide was a good like restarting point not intentional uh, by the way myself <laughs> right exactly it was a good dividing point <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just, just kind of worked out with how it worked out uh, with how we were doing this but yeah I, I thought it was a fun episode. I, I thought it progressed a little bit. I, I mean, you all have kind of basically covered everything. I, I thought the candy crawlers were really cool looking. And, uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued about uh, how Ba Sing Se sets things up in the future. 
All right, moving on to the next episode. I was trying to delay a little bit to see if I could find some information on something. Um, okay, cool. I did get it. All right, cool. I, 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 got, I got the information I need. All right, next episode, um, The Storm. Let's let Eric start this one so that you don't every episode talk about everything I, first. I was going to. I was going to do the brief episode description and let him get into it. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to check something because I wanted to see if if you guys caught a certain character in this episode. And I wanted to make sure I was 100% right. Um, this one's a duality episode in the sense of we have two narratives running at the same time that I think are essentially giving us uh, we, we are on episode 12 and we finally get backstory on both ang and zuko and we get it told in very unique ways of, of through, through flashbacks that are done i think phenomenally well and give us a lot of character development for both the characters while it's they're two sides of the same coin which i know will be something that goes on through all the series through the rest of the series between these two characters but in this particular one it's they you you, you could have had an episode devoted to ang telling his backstory and zuko telling his completely separate but the fact these were done together i think was phenomenally done i'm not trying to spoil anything with that i'm just saying that uh getting into it there's a storm on the way that both um characters are talking about uh zuko out on the boat um they're all talking about that but also um Aang and the gang are trying to make some money to, of course, buy food. So Sokka goes out with a with a fisherman to make some money. That fisherman also points out to Aang that um, as the as the Avatar hundred years ago, he turned his back on the world and basically let it went, let it go to crap. And this seriously affected Aang, and he runs off. Katara goes to find him, um, while at the same time, you have. Zuko basically yelling at people on his ship and Iroh tells the crew about how Zuko got the scar on his face due to a duel he had with his father and we get those those very interesting I'm, I'm being vague on this because I know that if when we talk about this this is a great moment but I do want to point out that there is a lot of stuff in this episode looking back on it later I really appreciate it Eric, I'm going to let you go first with this one. The storm. Like I said, I kept it vague on the story description because I know that a lot of these points are great to talk about. Eric, thoughts on the storm? Yeah, this was such a great episode for, you're right, finding out both Aang and Zuko's, you know, more about their history. And, I mean, Aang, Aang's was good, and it kind of, it, it, it gives the whole reason for why he was fleeing, why he ended up freezing himself in the uh, the iceberg. But Zuko, that was the story that really, this, this is the first time I've really, like, I, I could tell, and I think I mentioned this when we did the first episode, I was like, I could tell he's going to be more than just, like, just an evil guy. Like, he's got motivations, and he's going to be sympathetic. And this really started showing uh, who he was, why he is the way he is. Um, I absolutely loved it and just thought it was so great for his character. And then getting toward the end of the episode when 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 you're getting to the climactic actual titular storm it's great because he has the chance to to get ang but he chooses not to so he can save his men which i think is a really great and it, it kind of reinforces what we learn about him what where it's like wow he actually isn't just some 
crazy, bloodthirsty, bloodlusted. I have to get the Avatar. Like he will put his crew first if it means you know getting them to safety. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, plus, Iroh's awesome channeling the uh, lightning <laughs> bolt was badass. Um, absolutely love that, and I continue to love Uncle Iroh. Uh, he is awesome. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, great episode. And, you know, another thing I like, too, is with the fisherman being mad at Aang. I do like where it presents this whole, like, Aang is... It, it, it does a good job of walking that line of Aang is the Avatar. He can control all the elements. He can do all this stuff. But he's also a kid. And mm-hmm. he's he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And... You know, it's sort of like any any big, high-ranking public figure in the real world. I mean, you're going to have people who love him and think he's the best thing ever, and you're going to have people who hate him and think he is the root of every issue in the world. And I think that does a good job of, like, you know, this old guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he probably has had a pretty crappy life, and I can see where when it's a world based around bending these elements that, and there's no avatar yeah i can see where he could blame it but then it's like oh you're also this 12 year old kid and you're you're just that a kid and again that kind of goes back into his backstory where the kids don't want him to play the game because it'd be too unfair and then the other airbender monks or higher ups don't want him to be with uh what is his name i can't remember anyway uh, basically it's like yeah you can't you should be playing checkers you need to be yeah you should you should be playing you should be training not not playing this game so uh, i think it does a good job of past and present in the Mm. story showing this duality with him i I think the whole gyatso thing of you know we need to treat him like a kid too and he needs the that that that, that was a good point to show that you know he's more than just this like he he's a person too and everything um yeah there there was an interesting thing i saw and i think this is a good point to bring up now even though i don't know if we're ever going to get into it truly that ang is 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 an avatar that that is somebody who wants to bring peace into the world during a time of war and where they needed somebody who you know was a warrior during that time as much as he is one um it's just interesting because the flip-flop on that is in legend of korra korra is a fighter yeah that is trying to bring peace to a world during peacetime so it's 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 an interesting thing of between those two characters they if they had been flip flop, we would have had very different stories. But yeah, we we got what we got, and I just think that was an interesting correlation. Is Aang is a peacekeeper during wartime, and she is a fighter during peacetime. Just an interesting thing. Ellie, go ahead with your thoughts on the storm. I will end it because I have a lot of of um seeds that were planted during this episode. Like that, there is as I think I talked about in the last last time we did this. There's a there is a grove of lemons. I'm only saying lemons, not out of like life gives you lemons. I love lemons, so there's a grove. Too many of them. I I use them in water mm. to flavor. I don't just straight up eat lemons. I mean, I do, but anyways, there there there's an entire grove of trees planted that that will that 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 grow in this episode and as we go on. Ellie, thoughts on the storm? So I just have to say that. Um... Zuko just continues to be um, one of my favorite characters. I just absolutely love him. And um, just his whole, the story between him and Iroh is just so beautiful. And it gets even better throughout this season. Um, So I just, 
it's just really, really fun. I, I love him as a character. Um, yes, this, this is an amazing episode. Um, even when just the little things that the fights between the, the husband and the wife and, and she comes over and it's like, I need help. I'm not going out in that. I mean, it's just, it's so cute the way just continuously this show mixes heavy and light together. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really do have a good job, do a good job of really having those heavy moments, but not making it so heavy to where it's uncomfortable. Like, and I think they throw that in just because it, you know, came out and it was originally looked at as a kid's show. But then when people watched it, they were like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, um, I, it was nice to see the backstory and kind of like what Eric said, I was more intrigued by Zuko's backstory. Mm -hmm. um, I think anybody that, uh, no offense, but I, I think anybody could have easily seen Aang's backstory a mile away. Yeah. Like, you, mm -hmm. we didn't need yeah. to see it, and we kind of already knew that that was probably what happened. But um, Zuko's was just amazing and how they, you know, how his father read what he did as you know, disrespectful and weak, but how I read it as completely respectful. And I mean, Iroh points it out. Yeah. He says he was right, but yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and the courage that it took for mm -hmm. him not to fight. Um, so it was just, it's just amazing. So yes, I, I absolutely love this episode too. I, I enjoy this episode, but what I really enjoy is the, is, is is the field tending I get, that that is being done the the watering of these seeds that that were planted are we gonna start a horticulture podcast very soon okay. um <laughs> it, it's 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 not me talking about planting stuff it's, it's me talking about series where they do a good job of of planting yes. stuff and then it, and allowing it to grow we will also go to series where it has undeserved plant growth that is not necessary oh, eric oh wow did you catch a cameo in this episode of a character that was introduced later? Mm -hmm. In the flashback where it shows Iroh during the Agni Kai, did you notice someone standing beside him? I probably did, and I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not catching okay. Up right now. So in that we we see Zhao standing beside him. But on the other side of him, there is a young female that looks way oh, too yes, 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 way yeah. too intensely into the situation. <laughs> that character is later revealed to be Azula, Zuko's sister. So that was revealed, and I'm not, I'm not, I can say that because that is revealed at the end of the series. But Eric, did you catch the voice? Uh does it say who she is at the end of the series? It does. It okay, does. The, I the, the, it the just... final at the final moment is um is Ozai telling her. Right, but I don't remember him saying who she was though. It's she she it it, it, it either no, she did he go he go because it was something like uh succeed where your brother failed or something yeah. like that. Okay. She does say it because okay. yeah, that's exact that's where that's where episode twenty ends. Yes. And uh yeah yeah that was like the last thing I saw and I and I knew that was his sister going in. So yes he does Yeah do there, there, there's also mention in that same episode by Zuko where he talks about his sister for a brief second. So I'm like it's 
It is but so. Did they say her name? That's what. No, I'm... they. they oh, okay, that's her name's was... not said. I only know that okay. because of future knowledge. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So they yeah. don't say her name though. Yes, but it is. It's it, it's one of those. That was a nice moment of seeing her there. Was they had this planned out, and it was a nice little touch of if you notice because a lot of times background characters and random characters aren't really. Right relatable or, or or you know noticeable things where it's like oh my gosh that but that was a nice she was there like she she was she was an established she was there um did eric did you happen to catch i know he doesn't speak a lot but ozai did you recognize a certain voice uh, not off the top of my head Mark Hamill is the voice of Firelord Ozai. I know he doesn't speak a lot in this season, but we'll get more of him. But I did want to make sure that they established that it was Mark Hamill. Now, I didn't know if somebody else did the voice earlier, and then as it went on, they switched to... Right. But no, apparently it's been Hamill. It was Hamill the whole time. Because he doesn't talk much in this season, but he talks more in later seasons. And it's it's pretty noticeable it's Hamill later on. But no, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a great voice actor. He does a great job with it, and everything. As we get later into it, but the other seed I want planted, that the like I said, you guys talked phenomenal about this thing. So that's why I'm going with these planted seeds. Is Eric mentioned Iro channeling the lightning? I am not going to spoil something, but that is a mighty oak of a planted seed that we saw here as something that will be very important later on of lightning channeling. So Eric, I'm really happy you pointed that out. And I cannot wait for the, I won't say the name, but the, um, elevated water bending form. Oh Oh, my God. I cannot wait. So so, Eric, it's exciting. Like I said, I'm, I'm very, you were not prompted. You were not prompted, but the fact that, that you point out the lightning, thing is is something that like like i said i i love it because like i said there's a mighty oak in this orchard that 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 is being planted it seemed pretty because i mean we hadn't seen anything like that up until this point and i was like i feel like that's gonna i i was thinking about that i was like i feel like this is gonna either come back or that's hinting at something further or this isn't just a one-off thing because it's not like something we've seen like it's not like oh a fire bending powers you can channel electricity because fire and electricity aren't the same thing really so yeah I'm I'm curious to see uh, and I'm glad you all confirmed that 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 has further implications so I'm, I, I'm intrigued it, like I said it sucks I don't want to spoil something but at the same time I want people listening and stuff to realize that this series was so well planned out <laughs> and keep watching if you haven't yeah. watched season two yes um I I think the the point of you know electing to keep his crew safe while having a chance to get the avatar was a great building moment for Zuko and everything. And something that, 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 like I said, this is a phenomenal episode and I'd love to talk more on it, but you guys already covered this stuff. So I just feel like I'm reiterating. That's why I very good job on letting Eric go first, Ellie, because I wanted to more point out the seeds that were planted in this episode that can develop. My turn, my turn, my turn. All right. So Ellie, I love this episode. It is called The Blue Spirit. Directed by Dave Filoni. (laughs) Maybe that's why I like it so much. There's a lot of him coming up. Yeah, there is. Um, Oh my God. I love this episode. It's so fun. Um, Once again, not like it was like 
surprising of who the blue spirit is. Hold on, wait, hold on. Eric, was it surprising who the oh, blue spirit was? Sorry. It it was surprising. It oh. was surprising to me. Okay, I did not I did not see it coming until well we'll get into it, but there was a I I honestly was like, who is this gonna be? I was not expecting that. Maybe it's because I just it was obsessed with um with him that I just um it doesn't give many hints at it's him. Well, but but there's a lot of seed planting, as like you like to say about, you know, he says, "I'm doomed." You know, he, all of his re- I'm gonna, he's gonna get him. Um, blah 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 blah, and it's just, I don't know. I I felt it was pretty easy to figure out, but. If you didn't know it ahead of time, it's amazing. Um, you know, when when he has him on the when Aang has him on the ground at the end of the episode and he's about ready to take off his mask, I I was pleasantly um acknowledged of what I thought it was gonna be, but I'm sure people that didn't know who it was was pleasantly surprised. Um, There's some nice touches in that in this episode yes. of like, Aang, did you make like like half out out there? Sokka, Aang, did you make any new friends today? Yes. And and how how impactful that that line is of him like being like no, even though it was a throwaway like comment by. Well, so. Sorry, so, go, go ahead with the episode. Yes. So basically, the um, Sokka and Katara um, were sick. I like the fact that it's pointed out this is a carryover showing a continuing story. Sokka is sick because him being out in that storm in the previous episode. Yes. Yep. Um, I like that. It's a nice touch. And Tiny Tree growed. They um, grew. They clearly needed help, medicine. Um, and, and Aang basically goes out in search of this and he finds this lovely older character that is kind of at the top of the mountain and he's like you're crazy aren't you yes but but it's funny because she still tells him about the frozen frogs um and it's funny because he basically is like you're crazy but he still gets what she (laughs) recommends um and that this is another way of there's a lot of like deep serious stuff going on, but then with the little half frozen frogs hopping around. I mean, it's just that I will repeat, um, continue to repeat how I love the mix of light and dark with this series. But um, he he basically gets captured, and we see some really cool characters. Um, these archers and the Yuyan archers. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what's really cool too is I like the way Zhao um, is shown up again, and the guy he hadn't been promoted yet. And that was, um, that, that was a good scene, by the yes, way. Yes, it was a great scene. And, you know, the other guy, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. It's not important. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, you're not going to waste these amazing best of the best archers for your little silly pursuit. Um, and, and then, you know, then, then the hawk flies in and I've just been promoted and it's yeah. in order now. So, um, 
you know, but th- th- they were kind of, sh- I think, showing that just to establish how um, great these archers are. But yeah, but um, I, I'll let you. I'm just doing the episode. I, I know. I just okay. So please be quiet. Hmm. So anyway, um, basically, long story short, Ang gets captured, and then Prince Prince Blue Spirit um, is kind of going through, getting in there, showing some new skills with mm-hmm. his swords, uh, which was really cool, and they. I'm just going to just brief through it real quick. Gets him on, he caps, he, excuse me, he goes in there, lets him free. They get out with a lot of stuff in between. And, um, you know, he, they reveal who it is. And there was a very touching moment with where Aang was basically like, I feel like in a different time, you and I could have been friends. And that was really like, Touching at the feels, you know, how I think conflicted. And it was neat just watching Zuko's face because you could see the struggle, I think, mm-hmm. and just the what he's going through where he really doesn't want to do this, but he feels like he has to to get his honor back and his because he really, you can tell, really cares for his country and his people. So, um, but this was an amazing episode. I liked seeing. The archers, they were really cool. I liked seeing the, you know, the new skill sets with Zuko. Um, and and the sucking of the frogs at the end of the episode was, was fantastic. So um, I, I loved it. And now everyone can dive in. Um, I, I'm just going uh, to, you, you hit everything. I don't think I got a lot to contribute aside from one thing. I do want to say, I thought this was the episode where... Um, there's the hallucination dream thing where Appa's in armor fighting Momo. That is not in this episode, but that is a nice call call uh, hint for Eric for a later episode where that's something that that happens where Appa is is in full samurai armor fighting Momo. I thought that was this one. It was not, so yeah. I was disappointed. But phenomenal episode. <laughs> I just have a few critiques I want to point out, but I will let Eric go with his breakdown of. The blue spirit. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't see it being Zuko. I didn't know who it was going to be. I had a feeling it was going to be someone we knew, and it made sense once it actually was revealed. But I think they did a good job of not making it too blatant because, I mean, he didn't do any fire bending nope. while he was the blue spirit. I, if I recall correctly, he's never used swords, so it's not like oh, there he is with his classic sword fighting or anything like that. And, I mean, he was masked up. He was in full blue, which is very opposite of red, which is what everyone is usually dressed as uh, in with the Fire Nation. Um, I, I thought the actual escape was just so well animated and so well mm-hmm. directed, choreographed. Like, it was intense. Like, I was I was edge of my seat while it was going on. And I was like, I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're going to make it out. But, it, I mean, the way, the way this show goes, it's not one of those like, oh, well, here they go. They might as well just open the door. Like, they did a good job, especially when it seemed like they were cornered and he was like, all right, swords to the throat. You want him alive? I'll kill him. I don't care. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Like, it was really, really well done. I mean, just an absolutely crazy episode. I loved it. Uh, I, and, yeah, I love the touching. I love the reveal because there's the one point where he gets hit with the arrow and he falls down. And you can see a little tiny sliver of the scar. And I'm, that's when I was like, oh, 
oh wow okay this is this is who he is and uh you know takes the mask off and of course you get the reveal he saves him and i did love that part at the end like it was really emotional where he's he's just kind of talking to him and you know we could have been friends at another time and of course he wakes up shoots him with the big blast of fire before disappearing but you know i think part of that is his his release of being realizing that yes in another time we we could have been friends and i'm really mad that we can't be i i i like so, it but this fantastic episode i i loved it uh yeah really really good time eric I, I want you to go i want you to help me out here with this because i'm not gonna make ellie do it because she'll be angry that i proved a point um <laughs> how do you show somebody's a good archer just Throw throw them out there. Sh sh tell me how somebody's a good archer. In like, I'm, I'm I want you to pitch. We're we're in the writers' room. I want you to pitch an idea of how to show someone's a good archer. Uh, they're gonna hit impossibly small target, maybe okay. without looking, maybe from a really great distance away. All right. The, the reason I say this is because I I I I know it's a trope, but it's just one of those things where it's the hitting the arrow that's already stuck in there with another arrow behind it. It's like there, there, there are another. There's other ways to do that, but it's like that. That is always the go-to. Like this person's an amazing archer because they're able to split an arrow with an arrow with an arrow, and it's just like there, there there's other ways they they could have done it. And don't ask me how off the top of my head, but it's just was one of those things where it's like that always got me with this, and it sucks because I don't think these character this this group of archers ever makes an appearance again. I. I don't remember. Yeah, like I, 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 I said, I this remember. this show does a good job of calling back to stuff, but I think this is like the one and done of them, which is sad because I'm like they they are something I would like to have seen more, but I just yeah. I just with the introduction of they're amazing archers, and it's like is is there some other way we can show aside from them splitting like an an arrow with uh -huh. another arrow, like some some something else? And like I said I have no solution to that problem. I just want to point out that it's a problem. Um. I mean, I disagree because that's not really the focus of the episode. The focus of the episode is just to get to the point that they Listen, are... I want to complain about something in a per... I, this I'm is, just saying, this is I me. think you're just being nitpicky to be nitpicky. This is me shooting arrows at the giant warship that is this amazing episode. Are and you those... trying to take down the funness and the awesomeness of Robin Hood? Because that's what they do in Robin Hood. It is. Are you that's... saying that that's not cool and they should have done it differently in Robin Hood? Are you saying that Robin Hood did it so nobody else can do it? Okay, Robin Hood did it. Brave did it. I'm sure there's like five <laughs> other archery movies where it was done. Um, I Heck, I've shot and hit another arrow on a target before. I've done that. So, like, like I said, there are other ways to show it. Like, it would have been cool to where if like they shot the arrow and they were able to curve it around. Like, do some freaking... Um, what was what was that awful Angelina Jolie movie? Oh God! Wanted. I know yeah, what you're a, talking about. It's a wide, uh, it's a wide, wide berth of movies. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. Where, where they curved the bullet. Yes. Like that would have been cool to oh, see. Oh God, uh, yes, that movie. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool to see with the arrows. It's like it's like oh they, they would have like shot it at a thing and it would have curved around and hit behind. Like that That's would have been cool. Hilarious. That would have been that would have showed me. I'm like, oh, these guys mean business. What's even funnier is that you admitted that you watched that movie. Yes, and I played the video game where you could curve bullets <laughs> too, which made perfect sense. Oh my god! Moving on to the next episode, oh. episode fourteen, <laughs> the fortune teller, another Dave Filoni episode. Um, 
I'm mm. going to say something now. It might be controversial. Mm. I think this episode, in, in today's light, um, came out in 2005, but in today's light could also be called fake news. The episode? Am, am, am I wrong? <laughs> am I wrong? You're, You're not wrong. Stupid. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, I'm watching this episode, I'm like, how is an episode that is, what, 17 years old? <laughs> Somehow relevant to today. It's it very timely. <laughs> That's hilarious. How? But basically in this episode, Aang, Katara, and Sokka visit a village um, af- after meeting somebody that's able to get under Sokka's skin instantly of like, oh, well, I was told by Aunt Wu that I would have a safe travel. You almost got killed by a bear, but I didn't. True. Yeah, it, yeah it's true. one of those things that technically that, the truth. Where, yes. Like I said, it's that guy alone is one of those moments where I'm like, I've heard these arguments or read these arguments on certain tweet tweeted sites of this, and I'm like, it's ear tanks. It's like, well, technically you're not wrong, but uh. um, so no, I mean they 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 go get their fortune read. Um, Sokka is very skeptical of the whole situation and yes. points out a ton of stuff, but yet I feel in his pointing out is, even though he's right and yelling about science and all this stuff, is being proven somehow wrong, like not correct, <laughs> he's, he's not being proven wrong, he's just not being proven correct the whole time. I know there's other stuff going on in this episode, but I found Sokka's journey in this episode endlessly amusing in the fact of... When shown facts, charts, and everything proving science and, and you know, that, the, that this is what's going on, he was met with optimism and, and, and blatant, like, well, I mean, you can't prove it because, it, like I said, it was a great episode. Going back to what's going on with, Aang kind of drinks the Kool-Aid on this whole prediction thing with Aunt Wu. There's the whole, um girl that likes him but he likes Katara and it's kind of this 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 episode is good in a sense of it builds more on their whole dynamic while having a very amusing Sokka side story that I found way more entertaining than the A plot just because I feel like the A plot is something like we did we really need this because yes of course we all know Aang likes Katara does Katara like Aang do we care Ellie go ahead this episode for me is meh. Thank you. Yeah. Um. I mean, yes. Shame on you, Dave Filoni. So, yes, it it is cute and it is funny. I'm not saying that. Um, the whole fun scene at the end was very South Park ish, where we redirect the volcano. Um, I, actually, I think there's 100 episode of South Park where that happens. <laughs> I, there, I know really that's is. what I'm. It's like one of the first episodes. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it just, it it's been done. I I think they could have maybe done it differently. Um, I, I don't know. It was okay. It was a little to me. It was fillery. It was definitely a fillery feel. Um. You know, the little character was cute that liked Aang, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. It Like I said, it was cute and had some fun little lines. Like I said, I do agree with you. I liked the way everyone in the town was like, but it didn't, you know, and especially at the end where they were like, 
Well, oh. she wasn't wrong. The town didn't get destroyed. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it was cute and airy, but I it's definitely probably one of my least favorite episodes of season one. I... I understand, okay, from a writing perspective, I understand why this exists. It has to reemphasize to children and everything like that, that Aang likes Katara and trying to set up that. Oh, like, yeah, like I, said, I mean, I get that's, it, yeah. That's why this episode exists, but I like the side, like I said, that's why I like the B-plot of Sokka trying to prove everybody wrong, or, or that... He that tried you, real hard. <laughs> but the, the, the thing, thing was, he's not trying to prove Aunt Wu wrong. He's just trying to show them to think for themselves. Yes. More so than just blatantly believe what someone else told him. Eric, speaking of thinking for yourselves, do you have an outside opinion from us on this episode, <laughs> or are you drinking the Kool-Aid on the Zingness hype train? <laughs> I, I didn't mind the episode. I, I absolutely get, like, I think compared to what it's surrounded by, it's, it's definitely a quote-unquote weaker episode uh but yes i i i i didn't mind it um and i did like kind of the greater picture of kind of further for further furthering uh further kind of exploring and setting up and reemphasizing uh ang liking katara and possibly there being a when she mentions the powerful bender and it kind of snaps but ultimately i do like the message of you know when when uh madam what's her face well uh, woo She's like, uh, she's like, uh, just like you can shape the clouds, you can shape the, your destiny. So I think that's just a good kind of overall message to have. Like, don't always listen to. I mean, I think she kind of realizes that her, her fortune telling is a bit punk, but uh, you know, and, and he he calls her on it, and they're still gonna continue to pretend like she she knows everything. Um, because it's like, see, see, the volcano would have destroyed the village, but it didn't destroy the village. <laughs> so, so it's it's sort of like one of those things. I, I didn't mind it, but uh, but yeah, I do think compared to what what all was around it, it was definitely a um, you know a little bit on the not not. It wasn't my favorite of this bunch, but I didn't mind it. I like I said, my, my my thing for this is the B story with Sokka is 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 endlessly amusing. The the A story is something I can I understand why it exists, but at the same time, it is for me a little bit more of a burner episode. Um, speaking of burner episodes, if you want my opinion, the next one, the B plot in this one's a stronger one in my opinion. Um, Ellie, do you want to take uh, episode fifteen? So. Isn't it Eric's turn to do one? Eric, go ahead. What are we on? Bato of the Water Tribe. Yes, so we uh, we meet Mato, Bato of the Water Tribe, who uh, so, uh, Sokka and Katara knew, and was he was friends with their dad, who has gone missing. And Aang is very distraught because he seems to kind of be uh, left out of there reminiscing, and so he gets kind of uh, kind of jealous. He runs away. Uh, he meets someone who has a map, which actually has the location of Sokka and Katara's father, and he decides to withhold it out of jealousy. Um, and uh, he keeps it to himself, and they get kind of pissed about it. And he goes to leave, and he's going to continue on, and they're going to go with uh, Bato. And uh, I'm you're, you're, you're missing my favorite stuff out of this episode so i can fill that in for my i'm discussion. still going i'm still going oh yeah oh yeah and then and then because like i said this is this is the point this is the point where i started watching all the episodes straight in a row and everything started getting mixed together um 
Yes. Yeah, so then there is the 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 uh, okay. F- so first off, there's the whole uh, because he was never able to do it. Sokka and Katara did their whole um, what was it? Right, the, right the, the trial. They did yeah. the trial. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And uh, that was a really cool thing because at yeah. this point, uh, Aang had withheld the um, the information but hadn't told them. And he was like, you're so trustworthy. Quit saying that. And then at the end, he gets, he gets, his, he gets the mark of being trustworthy. He, he, uh, he tells them. He comes clean. They get kind of mad. They're going to go their separate ways. Then, that's right. Then there's like the bounty hunter assassin who's on that giant mammal who, uh, who can smell with his tongue or sees with his tongue. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he goes through and they have to like fight him and save this village and all this kind of stuff like that. And they all get together to make up in the end. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a really good episode and uh, I really enjoyed that giant uh, creature that they defeated with perfume. Yeah. I, I like once again, this is one where there's a B story in it that I enjoy a little bit more. The B story of Zuko hiring the bounty hunter and their horde venture, having Iroh running along with them, them meeting all the people that, the avatars come across recently. I love the fortune teller interaction with um with with Iroh. I thought was great. Where she's like, "Do you want me to read your future, handsome?" And he goes, oh, "I got one surprise left, and yeah. I'm gonna keep it that way." I was like, "Oh, dark humor, nice." Um, I like yeah, I, I said, like I, I I like the rite of passage stuff. I like the jealousy, like like the the whole Aang getting jealous and not you know fully. But like I said, my my bigger thing was I. I, I enjoyed the whole thing with, with Zuko. And like I said, for me, this episode was kind of, it's there, it exists, it moves along, everything. But is it is it my favorite? Eh, not really. Ellie? I love this episode. God dang it. <laughs> so, first off, I'm all about the creatures. And we get a new creature. I feel she shows back up later, too. She does. Okay, good. Yes. Because um, she is named June. So... Once again, let's go back to Iroh. Iroh is freaking hilarious. Yes. He makes all these little comments like she is, um, like he, I almost get a feel that he's like that dirty old man. He is. That is like, she's hot. Cause, cause when she does the, when she, he first sees her and they rip open the thing, he, he's basically just already just head over heels like infatuated with this girl she's amazing oh that was really cool oh wow and then i thought i would die at the near the end of the episode where she gets struck by the tongue yeah and he purposely positions himself where he's like no so that she'll fall on him and then when he gets called out when princess like I didn't see you get hit with the tongue. <laughs> I mean, that whole, that is just gold. That was just gold to me. I loved that whole, and she, and they pan over to her face and she's like, ugh. <laughs> so it just, it was really great. Um, and let's just talk about how we get warrior Appa. I mean, he's up in there. Yes. Just, oh, yeah. oh my God. I can't believe I did not bring that up. That was so cool. I loved seeing Warrior Appa. That yes. was amazing. I mean, he was <laughs> I forgot about his... that until you said something too. How many times did he get hit by that tongue before he finally went down? I mean, when he got hit by the tongue the first time and he kind of falls over and then he epically gets back up and he's like, screw you. That tongue isn't going to take me down. And near the end, before he finally goes down, he gets hit like four or five times in a row. 
just to show like how powerful and how amazing he is. So, um, gosh, there's so much great stuff in this episode. I, I absolutely loved it. It was not a meh episode to me. Um, I liked seeing the growth because we don't see a lot of growth with, um, with Sokka. And I did like the growth that he had. And I'm not just talking about his rite of passage that he did. Um, and where it kind of really shows he's he can be quite a tacticianist when he wants to be. And that comes mm. up later at the end of the season. Um, but the just the fact that he is still himself a child. I yeah. mean, he's not very old either, and, you know, his immediate... Oh, wait, we did have a lot of flashbacks to him. Well, and just the fact that, like, that. he, um... Yeah, there's so much in this episode, but the fact that he um, had the quick, like, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore, I'm going to go see my dad, and then it didn't take him long to really go, oh my gosh, what am I doing, you know, I, I want to see my dad more than anything, but... This is my duty right now, and this there, is what I'm supposed to be doing. I do like that there was a point where Balto was... I know I pronounced that wrong, but I was going with it. Where, where Balto, um, after getting the diphtheria... There's no L? After getting the... the, the it's diphtheria, B-A-T-O. After getting the diphtheria <laughs> medication to those kids in... I mean, in um, in, in Nome, Alaska, um, he, he pointed out to... Like, while they were arguing with Aang, he goes, let's hear him, and then Sokka and... And it's like... Yeah. He was the adult and he was going to be like, let's hear Aang out, but. Yeah. So. Like I said, I, I like that touch of watching them. I'm like, there was a solution right it's there. It's Balto, but. but I, I know, Balto. Uh, no, nobody's big on that, by the way. Um, going, scrolling real quick through Mark Hamill, he was a voice in one of those movies, too. The animated ones, of course. Oh, gosh. But. Um, the man's everywhere. But no, seriously, though, um, I, I, I like that, that. He, Sokka's not typically, um, the, like... I love how you're uh, saying this, and there's an upcoming set of episodes where he is a huge focus. Well, that's what I'm saying, so, but I, I did like the fact that he, he did come to his senses and was like, what am I doing? We, we need to be with the Avatar. That's, that's what's most important right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my homesickness aside and, um... And we're going to do what we started. So this amazing, I, I'm sorry. I disagree with you. I think this episode was amazing. Okay, Eric did already go. I'm sorry. We, we got on a vague argument there. So I was like, Eric already did his dis discussion on this episode. So moving on to episode 16. <laughs> um, the Deserter. I take it from Eric's name. He enjoyed this episode. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was like, did we lose Eric? <laughs> no, he, he, he was sitting there and he had to think on it for a second. Um, Team Avatar travels to a Fire Nation town, which is hosting a Fire Nation festival. So we get to see a little bit of Fire Nation culture that isn't their warlike. Uh, unfortunately, Aang is instantly identified because, duh. Um, and we get um, introduced to a man named Zhang Zhang, who is a, a deserter of the Fire Nation. Yep, yep. And is also a firebending master and proceeds to start to teach Aang a little bit about firebending and everything. And then we also get the reveal of Admiral Nao Zhao yeah. right on the tail of the of our trio or what? How, I guess it's a group of five. So whatever. Anyways, our, our team avatar 
Um, and then has to, and then has a fight with Aang. The reveal that Zhao is the student that Zhang Zhang talked about. Yep. And of course, Katara's reveal of she has healing abilities. Yes. And um, <laughs> Zhang Zhang vanishing without a trace. Yep. Um, once again, planted seeds. If you noticed earlier on in the episode, there was one in posters. Um, one of the posters was, of course, for Aang. There was one for the Blue Spirit. And if you were paying attention, there was one for Zhang Zhang as well. That you could see, too, establishing his character before he was revealed. Uh, overall, my opinion of this episode, great episode. Uh, introduced us to firebending. Introduces us to Aang's reluctance to do firebending, which comes up later. Later. Yeah. And introduces a huge character development for... Katara, but also introduces us to Zhang Zhang, who is a seed that is planted in an orchard that will continue to grow. So much in this episode. There is. There is a lot going on in this episode. We'll let Eric go, though. Yeah, this was a very densely packed episode, and I I really liked it. And I loved the whole description of how, you know, water brings life, but fire brings death. And, you know, up until this point... Uh, Ang has, you know, obviously he's a natural airbender and he learned waterbending pretty easily. And I loved how, you know, the description of like, you know, this isn't something to just play around with. Like, this is a very dangerous thing. And of course, Ang being like, oh, I can do it. I, I got too confident. He, he hurt Katara, which was crazy. And the way Sokka got mad and like shoved him to the ground, like that was, that was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just kind of going, oh my, like, yeah, we've seen them fight, but it's usually almost been like in a, in a comical way. I mean, I guess a little less during the, uh, the, the, the previous episode with Bato, but, um, this was like pretty, pretty serious in fighting between the, the three main characters, which I thought was a good, uh, progression. But then, yeah, I like the whole thing with Katara healing herself at first. I, when that started happening, I'm like, oh, is that just kind of like an innate water bending thing that they just kind of were throwing in there? And then it was like, when it was a shock to her, I mean, it is, but it's, but the, when it was a shock to her, I was like, oh, wow, she doesn't know this is actually a thing that can happen. Um, I, I, I just thought it was, it was really good. And I liked, um, you know, I like that if, unless I'm mistaken, you know, we haven't seen Ang the rest of the season do any more fire bending. Nope. Did we not? Yeah. And I like how it's sort of like, okay, he, he could do it, but he, he has not done it. It's not like he's been very uh, like, Oh, I need to get, get going and I can start using firebending now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I thought this was a very good episode. Um, and uh, yeah, that was good. I, I've really, there, there is one thing I really do like, and I think we've established it, but I'm going to reiterate it. Um, the character of Zhang Zhang, even though he's not the best teacher in the world, per se, for Aang's particular learning type, um, he definitely is somebody that understands firebending and its consequences, and I really liked his interaction with Katara. Even though it's a very short interaction, I think it speaks volumes for you know him as maybe why he abandoned the Fire Nation and a lot of other stuff, and the whole him being Zhao's teacher and Zhao's lack of control is the whole... Firebending only can destroy, whereas waterbending is something that can heal and create. And it's just, it's it's so interesting because I think that, 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 that spoke volumes of, like, 
somebody from that nation, somebody who is that powerful in that, but still does not feels like what he's able to do is a curse more so than a gift. So I just thought that was interesting there. Moving on. Um, I didn't get to talk. Oh, uh, moving on to the Northern Air Temple. I don't think so. So you guys missed out some really cool points. Um, shame on you. So first off. Shame think, on Dave Filoni for not directing this episode. Oh, well. <laughs> I think that um, Lauren did just fine. Thank you very much. I, I agree. Um, so basically, I just want to take like 15 seconds. The festival was really fun. I did love seeing the when the fire came down and then Aang hit it with the air and it made that big like explosion with the confetti and all that stuff and the little guy was like are you trying to upstage me <laughs> like once again just super fun stuff um I loved all that so I just wanted to mention that really quick second off I think we're missing the point that up until this point Katara hasn't really been recognized as an amazing bender and that she is she picks stuff up pretty quickly um i i know that we saw in the first half of the season where ang was picking it up quicker than her like when they got the scroll mm-hmm. um because ang has more raw talent versus katara is the type where she tries and tries and tries until she gets it. So she's more determined when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm staring you down right now. People can't see this because we all know that there's, there's something coming later where I feel like you're saying this now so that you can reiterate it later too. But I'm saying You're though, making a good point. I'm just pointing out that there's... She had no idea she could heal. And not only did she do it by surprise... To herself, but then at the end of the episode, she already could do it well enough to where she could heal Aang, which I think that's amazing. I mean, it's like she went from just doing it once to then could do it on somebody else. So it really is kind of hinting at the fact that she she's pretty powerful herself, and I think we're going to see some, um, well, I know we are, but it's kind of hinting at you're you're going to see some more from her down the road. She's not just just having fun and playing with waterbending because it's part of her heritage. Like she she's got some serious oomph behind her. So, I liked that. Another thing that I think is amazing in this episode is the fight between Zhao and Aang. Um and it really reiterates the the not in control and that he literally doesn't really fight too much in that. He's more reactive of defense. And he realizes mid-fight that he's going to get Jow to just destroy his whole fleet by taking his uncontrolledness and not paying attention. And he tricks him into basically destroying all of his ships. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a really cool touch that... Once again, kind of like what you've said, um, is everything is kind of placed for a reason. Yeah. And so at the beginning of the episode, talking about the you're not ready because you don't respect it and you haven't mastered the required stuff to be able to control fire to he hurts um, Sokka. Uh, excuse me. He hurts Katara to... Hurts he, Sokka's feelings. Yes, yeah, Sokka's feelings. 
hurts Katara physically to he takes what that master said and then goes, oh, I see what he was saying now. Because he was trying to speed up the training by not wanting to do it. Yep, and then he in turn takes that wisdom and uses it, as, uses it in the fight against mm-hmm. Zhao and proves, you know, why Zhao was the way he was. And then he does that vow at the end of the episode to never use fire again. So very, yep. very interesting and, and really, really cool. Like, like Eric said, very densely packed in this episode. Uh, do you want to do the description for the Northern Air Temple, Ellie, since we're on you right now? Sure. All right, go for it. Um, so basically, they kind of overhear. Um, they're sitting around like a little fire, and they, they're listening to um, air, air bendings. I mean, air people stories. Air nomads. Yep. And, um, and then they say, oh, well, we just um, talked to some people like, what was it, a week ago or two weeks ago? I can't remember the time yeah. frame. You know, and Aang was like, what? So um, they they head over to the Northern Air Temple. And at first, you're like, oh, my God, are there are there Air Temple people there? Because you can't really see it at first. Mm-hmm. And it looks like maybe it's a bunch of um, gliders, kind of like what Aang uses. And so, yeah. and they thought, oh, my gosh. And then they get up and they realize, no, that's not the case. Um and long story short, they basically meet a a group of people that have kind of taken over the temple and have used it. Uh, once again, more more refugees because of a um, was it a flood or something? I can't remember exactly the reason. I think it was a flood. I I can't remember the reason why they, but I think it was a big a big flood, um, and they. Um, they kind of interact with them. You find out that um, the scientist that has kind of made this this little group and has made this air temple their home is selling weapons to the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, kind of... In exchange for the safety of his yes. son and his people. Yep. And, um, and then you end up kind of seeing Aang and the group helping them um, fight against the Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, it was it was really fun and a lot of stuff in it. I don't know if anybody has, like, things they want to talk about first, but that's the main description of the episode. Um, Eric, do you have a lot on this? Because I have very little. Uh, I don't. I thought it was cool seeing him go back to the air temple and seeing what's happened. And I like the whole likening it to the little hermit crab creatures. I just thought that was a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course the whole setup with the whole, uh, them finding the balloon yes. and kind of being like, Ooh, well <laughs> we may have lost, but, uh, we may have lost the battle, but this is going to be a big turn for the war. So, uh, I, I, that was a, that was very ominous. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was good, and you know, and I did like that they had a character who was in a wheelchair, yeah, uh, having such an active role. I thought that was that was a really a really nice touch. Uh, while these characters are ones that appear later, and the setup of the war balloon is something that pays off later. I don't know how much later, but it does pay. Not obviously this season, no, but right. but this this is once again there is a there is a seed that has been planted and will be tended to. Um, overall, this episode is good for Sokka. 
I feel. Katara is kind of just around during this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is Sokka getting some development of seeing his kind of how his mind works and everything and how he is pretty smart when it comes to tactics to tactics and problem solving yep. and having an interesting story development of kind of seeing you know what his culture is going on with and and you know the 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 growth of his character with the whole hermit crab thing of i think that's a very good point um overall though like i said this has some interesting stuff but it's 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 for me it's an establishing episode of establishing some stuff that pays off later like this this episode needs to be here for stuff later on, and it's a good world-building episode. Is it a great story overall? Eh. Is it? Is it one of those I go back to? I'm like, this is a great episode. <laughs> this is one that I don't remember watching. Oh, originally. Oh, I remembered it. Yeah. So, like I said, either it didn't stick with me, or it's something that I just never. Because, like I said, there are a handful episodes I was like, I don't remember this episode. This was one of them. So. Uh, I mean, just a couple things. Yeah, I, I think it was neat, kind of like what Eric said, that there was someone in the wheelchair and kind of trying to put that, I think, point across to kids watching the show that mm. even if you have a disability, you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it. Yeah. Because he was the best in the town yep. um, at doing the gliding and all that. So I thought that was a neat touch. Um <laughs> I thought it was funny with the whole um, Sokka and the professor figuring out how to um, smell the the gas yeah. and how to figure out how to do that. Um, yeah, so it, like, I agree with what you said, too, is just the fact that it, it was needed to be in there, but it isn't like a super memorable one. Um, so... And this one was another Dave Filoni. It was. It yeah. was. Um, we're coming up to one more Dave Filoni one left, and I have possibly the highest of praises for it <laughs> when we get to it, but we got two episodes to do before that. Yep. The Waterbending Master. Yep. So the group finally makes it to the Northern Water Water Tribe, um, where where the heroes receive a welcome, as you know, them being from the Southern Water Water Tribe and them also having the Avatar. We meet the princess, the daughter of the chief. Um, who immediately is obviously attracted to Sokka, and Sokka's attracted to her, so we get that whole plot. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I'm, I'm irritated with this the, these last three episodes because it's so closely linked to something that we swore not to talk about, but it's blatant. Like, how is the, how are these episodes done so well, but a movie did such a terrible job with it? Anyways, ignoring that. Um... So we, we get the whole plot of them being introduced to a waterbending master who, of course, refuses to teach guitar because women have no place in, in, in war. They, they need to go learn how to heal and stuff like that. Yep. Sokka tries to spend more time with the princess. Aang's just along for the ride during these episodes. Uh, we also get Admiral Zhao um, commandeering Zuko's crew to yep. attack the North Pole. We also get Zhao trying to... Uh, Pretty heavily, unlike Eric, figuring out that um, the blue spirit is actually Zuko from him seeing the swords. I I do I do do like the it, they're, they're just some old antiques. Yeah, I, I do like that. Um, the pirates are back, and the pirates come back <laughs> for murder and mayhem. Um, 
I, if I remember correctly, we get the the I'm 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 gonna skip over one or two things. I know people will probably like talk about that, but uh, Zuko possibly dead at the end of the episode because of an explosion. Um, and then with that, uh, Iroh agrees to help Zhao as like a military advisor for his invasion of the Northern Water Tribe, and we get Sokka for. Uh, they kiss, Sokka has his own journey of development, whatever. And then um, we're going to move on to the next episode after you guys give your breakdowns of the Water Tribe Master. Eric, go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, I, I thought it was a really good episode. I, I like how this really, this added a lot to um, Katara's character. And I like the whole uh, romance between, or the, the, the budding romance that really ends up not going anywhere. It's very, very ill-fated. Uh, between um, Sokka and the princess, and uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was very well done. I thought it was a great episode, and I liked how it, and I liked that Iroh and uh, Zuko moment, and the whole like just, just seeing more of their relationship and getting to learn more about that. I thought it was really done, really, really done, really well done. Ellie, good episode. So I, I liked the um kind of like the progression of of Paku um because that's the waterbending master yes and um how he is absolutely against training women and then uh because women hurt his feelings at some point Katara uh was amazed balls and she's like i'll be outside whenever you're ready to fight which was awesome and um just with her not having any formal training her being able to basically for a good portion of the fight kind of be head to head toe to toe with this guy is anybody realizing how amazing that is Mm -hmm. i mean I, i thought that was pretty pretty crazy um and and he does recognize in the middle of the battle, you know, he's like, you know, you do have, you've got some stuff, you know, and just that scene where the necklace comes off and her hair comes down and he sees it and he's like, wait, that's my necklace. I thought that was very impactful. Um, very, I, I thought that was very beautiful, to I, be honest. I'd like that that is an established in one plot line and then pays off in another mm-hmm. one too. Yeah. Uh, actually that, that pays off in a few different plot lines and stuff. Uh, it's pointed out that was her mother's and everything. We found that came from her grandmother. It also pays off with the princess and Sokka story. Yeah. Too, that you find out that she's betrothed on to somebody else and everything. So it's, it's one of those, once again, this is well written. It's something to where stuff is. Everything exists for a reason, I feel. Well, and you find out the big, like, holy crap, shocker that, you know, she, um, Grand Grand was, like, born out of this tribe. Mm-hmm. And she was betrothed to this master. And she didn't love him. And that's why he doesn't like women. <laughs> yeah. And and she, the courage that it took for her to, to walk away um, and and leave because she didn't want to marry someone she didn't love. And the flip side of that is the whole side. See, this is see, right. this is well written. This is how you write shows. Well, you don't just throw a little green alien in there and someone <laughs> in Beskar. 
I mean, it's still phenomenal, but still. Oh, Lord. But but anyway, so um, I thought that was quite a touching and payoff moment when he sees that necklace and that realization. Um, and it changes him. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's some really cool, cool parts in this episode. All right. Moving on to the finale of this. It's two-parter, but I will we will be discussing these as two separate parts because I feel that a certain direction in the final part of this is it deserves recognition and yes it is Dave Filoni but I think it deserves recognition aside from it being Dave Filoni because I like art in all its forms and want to make sure that I express that on that note we have episode 19 the siege of the north part one this is not a episode of Game of Thrones just establishing (laughs) that um sometime later Katara has developed uh into the master Paku's star pupil um, and earns high praise. Sokka and Yui continue to spend time together, riding Appa, doing stuff like that. Um, Aang's somewhere in this episode. (laughs) See, that's the funny thing, is Aang during the Northern Water Temple stuff, for the most part, just kind of is there. He exists. He's not really doing anything except for, we assume, learning waterbending. So, oh, also it's kind of established that he's a natural at it. Because of the whole Avatar thing. Uh, it's kind of pointed out that he could learn from He could Katara. learn. The thing is, he's natural, but he's not pushing himself to do yes. better. Yes. Whereas Katara does. Um, we, of course, get the reveal of the Fire Navy coming because of the soot rain, which I, I mean, soot, soot snow, which I thought was a great phenomenally done thing of like the fear of war and stuff like that of something very imposing coming uh Zhao of course bringing his the the full might of his navy that he has command over down upon the water tribe as they make battle stations also um Sokka then becoming like a informant to the water tribe of how to fight against the fire nation because he's been doing that for a while now and uh course Zhao having Iroh there to help inform him and also we get more 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 water and intending to that tree of the siege of Ba Sing Se and that point out on what's going on there why why does everyone keep bringing this up to Iroh and everything well we still don't get answers but it's interesting we also get the development of waterbenders are stronger during, at night yep, and especially moon. during a full moon Because of the whole ebb and flow of tides. And that's how they... There's a lot of lore built up in this episode. So I really like that. A lot of setup. And also, of course, we get the setup of um, Zuko. Yeah, that is in this... Sorry, these these two episodes kind of bleed together a little bit. But Zuko going to, of course, try to capture the Avatar behind the scenes. And then uh, them learning that the spirits of the yin-yang, the two fish in that pond... Are the spirits of the sun, I mean, of the moon and the ocean. So. Uh, do we. Yeah. I was like, I. We don't. Do we really learn that too much it's, until it's the set last up, episode? It's yeah. set up, but it's learned. It's it's more. Yeah. It's It pays the off in the specifics are yes. more in the final. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Them them setting that up and then being like, we need to find who the spirits of these things are. It's like, it, it's the fish. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I fish. mean, that's kind of obvious, but yes. Once Hold on, again. wait, wait, wait. 
Canary in the coal mine. Eric, was it obvious that the spirits were the fish? It was one of those where, like, I, I knew they were going to play some importance, but it wasn't, like, right away, like, oh, they're the spirits. But as they started kind of going on, I was like, wait. <laughs> <Yes>. Again. <laughs> I feel like it, it was, to me, I felt like it was, and maybe it's because I watched, like, an extreme amount of anime, and a lot of the things that's in this show are very anime based when Tropes. It, yeah so i mean so i think maybe that's why but um just the fact that when he stares at the fish that's what made him enter the spirit world like he couldn't enter it until he because they show where he's sitting there meditating and then he actually looks down at yeah because he, he makes a comment to them about not being quiet yeah and and he and then like as he's focusing at them and then they show the yin and the yang and then he can enter in i I feel like that's kind of, a, you know, like a whatever. But the the fight with um, Katara and Sokka, um, excuse me, his friend Zoku, um, Zuko, he, I thought that was neat the way they reiterated again about the moon and the sun that, you know, when the moon was up, she was overpowering him. But then... I rise with the sun. Yeah, and then he says, I rise with the sun. I thought that was very cool. Um, so I thought that was neat. I like the way they did that. That was a, that was a great moment. Yeah. I really like that. Yep. Yes. I, 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 I like that Zhao is also very, like, not listening to Iroh on a lot of stuff, which we will see how that pays off in. Right. The next episode. Yes. Sorry. I, part I wanna get, two. Yes. We get to part two directed by Dave Filoni. I'm going to say this right now. Fuck. Nominally directed, visually stunning episode. It is something that I this made... This is another densely packed one. It is, but I yes. want to point out the use of color, oh, the use yes. of no color, oh, the gosh. use of just... This is this is one I can point to directing. This was done phenomenally. I loved when they... When, when, when the moon was injured... Or, or was in danger that everything was, was bathed red. in red. Yes. Um, when the moon was gone, it went to black and white. But you could still see the colors some, of the some bending. Some colors of stuff every yep. now and then. Yeah. It was, this is something that, man. And it also has some of the spirit world, too, in there, yep. too. So this was a phenomenal, this was a visually stunning episode. The, va- the face stealer was so cool. So... So basically, Zuko has has Aang, but is also ta- has taken him out onto an Arctic tundra. Sokka, Katara, you go search for him. Um, Aang's in the spirit wa- the spirit realm. The Fire Nation forces the assault on the city. Um, Roku helps Aang in the spirit realm for him to find the fa- the face stealer and everything, which I feel like they come up later. Um, it does. You you also get the reveal that Zhao knows a little bit about the spirit realm, and it's also pointed out that Iroh knows a little bit about the spirit realm too. Never explained why here, but Zhao's pointed out because he found he came across some Fire Nation stuff, and basically he put the pieces together that oh, it's these fishes. Well, Jesus, if he could figure it out, I feel like anybody could, because he's he's not really on the smart side of the spectrum. No, but 
like, like I said, the whole standoff with him and everybody, and even Iroh being like, you're messing with something that this this is going beyond right. us attacking. And they, like, you're, you're messing with, with a world that we don't know anything about. We don't know what consequences could be for, of course, messing. Like, like I said, this is a dense episode. I'm not even getting to the kaiju fight at the end. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, like I said, this is a phenomenally done episode. I thought it was really well directed. But the, like I said, there's so much in this episode that visually is stunning and has done an amazing job with. And it sets up a lot of stuff that will pay off later. Um, Iroh and Zuko are basically, by, by, by the end of this episode, no longer part of the Fire Nation. Oh, yeah. They're definitely on the run now. Um. We also have Zhao taken to the spirit world, which, by the way, as a side note, has a payoff in um, Legend of Korra. Has a payoff for this whole thing of he's still stuck there. Sorry, spoiler alert for that. Um, but no, I, th- I thought this was a phenomenal episode. I really liked everything in it. I, I, I just, like I said, the praise for this is just such an amazing job of bringing all the storylines that, that were left open to an end. I also didn't even mention the fact that we have, of course, how they get the the moon back by, it's pointed out, the princess. Oh, my God. That part was just amazing to me. And what a way to tell a love story. I, I thought that mm-hmm. was just, it was beautiful. And, you know, just explaining why she has the white hair um and the sacrifice that she makes and she's like well the only reason i'm i have even been here this long is because of the moon spirit um and just her duty of i have to do this for my people um like the kiss as she's going up into the mm-hmm. I, I just it was so well done and it it like there was a point to it and it was well executed and it was beautiful and I just I loved that whole part. Can we take a moment though to talk about her husband the bee real quick and his character? What a douche. I was just gonna leave dead silence there and be like, okay, awesome, let's move on. <laughs> a douche. Yeah, I mean we we spent too much time. We need to just move on from that. It's it's a point it's it's there to, to just be annoying. Uh but I just how impactful was it though when they don't show you when the fish first got seared by the fire and then when they pick it up and you see I mean it was just that whole thing was just so well it was so well done. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was amazing. And like I said, Iroh obviously putting aside, you know, his nation's yep. stuff and everything. And also... He was like, this is just wrong. Like, yep. I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zuko also has kind of been pointed out. Like I said, I can't remember what episode, but there's an episode... I think it is the Blue Spirit one where he kind of looks at the Fire Nation stuff and has a real moment of thinking, am I doing the right thing? Right. Yeah. Here. Yeah, I agree. So, so no, I mean, like, like, like I said... um. Aang's new waterbending master becomes Katara. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> the the, the waterbending master is going to the southern tribe to try to heal some of that whole stuff. Um, as we said, Zuko and um, Iroh are... I, I don't think it's 100% established, but I think it establishes it in season two. So this is me kind of knowing future knowledge that they're basically exiled now. Yeah. yeah. More exiled. 
Um, well, I mean, you kind of know it by the conversation at the very end of the episode, though. And then we get introduced to Fire Lord Ozai assigning Zuko's sister to hunt down the traitor's uncle and her failure of her brother. But can we talk about the kaiju fight? I figured Eric has a, di- yeah, has a come dissertation. On, Eric. I know you want to talk it. about it. So could it be could it be Godzilla? (laughs) (laughs) Could it be Godzilla? I don't know. That's a that's a that's a good thing. I mean, good question. Cool design, very cool design, very Princess Mononoke. Ah, Um, yes, yes. We we nod to that, Ellie. You can't nod to that. You haven't watched it. I've seen enough clips though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really well done. I this episode was fantastic, and yeah, like like has already been established. Lots and lots. I mean, very densely packed. Um, I I just absolutely loved how they wrapped this book up. Um, just everything about it. The one, and this is a this is this is me doing my minor little gripe. They made it seem like it was a really big deal that Aang couldn't move from his location when he was in the spirit world, and of course he was he was moved. But when he came <laughs> back, lot. it was just like, oh no, my my spirit is my spirit is gone. Oh, I just need to find over here. Like to, it made it seem like he could not move from that spot, and then it was just like, oh, I'm right over here. Okay, boom. That was my one, and that and that, and that I, I was so in, I was so invested with everything else that I didn't care that much because it would have it would have just been adding too much into an already very densely packed episode. But that was my one thing. They made that seem like such a big deal that it was just like, oh, my body's over there. Okay. Oh, oh hey, there goes Ang's spirit. We can, we can just follow that. <laughs> but I realized they had to do that for pacing purposes and stuff like that. What's honestly. that? Plot convenience. Oh, good. Let's follow it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but but seriously, I, I thought that was a very well done episode i i i loved it i love the kaiju fight at the end and of course uh, as we said the the reveal of zuko's sister uh going down to mm-hmm. uh to fight the enemies of the state yes hunt them down now um so no i mean uh overall this is a fantastic first season like i said me going back and watching it my my, my takeaways from this first season is one I forgot how good it is and how it doesn't, as much as I think I've griped about burner episodes or episodes that are non-starters, it, there isn't one that purely has like nothing going for it. If it doesn't, right. every one of these moves along the plot, at least somewhat or moves along an overall story right. or has something that pays off later. Like, like I said, the whole Northern Air Temple, I'm kind of like, meh, but that that's something that sets up a later thing. Like they, everything yeah. in this is a cohesive story constantly moving forward which i really liked and like i said i truly do appreciate where all this is going um knowing that that we will get answers later is great but like i said still favorite character iroh that will probably stay true to me uh as i said i don't like um sokka in the early episodes but he grows on on, on me later as time went on he grows on me um so so that that's that kind of finishing up uh ellie i will let you go last eric final thoughts on this season or a favorite characters moments anything you want to input this 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 really was a the second i mean overall the whole first season was great i'm i'm hooked i'm very excited for our our starting of book two because i thought it was great uh as i said earlier on in the episode this first um or the second half really just amped everything up i thought um just just everything character development plot development the action was great there was good comedy mixed in Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they do a lot. It, it is really a good blending of 
anime and Western animation. Um, I think they do a good job of pulling from both, but not having one overpower the other, which makes it very unique. And it's just, it's really made me fall in love with the characters, with the world. And um, I'm very excited to, to get the book too and see what is happening there. All right, Ellie, final thoughts on book one. Book one. Favorite um, character, favorite moment, any, anything like that. Uh, oh, wait, Eric, did you give a favorite character? I didn't. I don't know who I would pick. I mean, God, there were so many good ones. I mean, right now, I, I, I might have to go with, I mean, I might have to go with Zuko because I, I from, where, from what I know of him right now, and what I've when and how I've seen his character progress so far, I'm very, very intrigued by him and where his arc is going to go. All right. Yes, I. Season one favorite character definitely Prince, um, Zuko. Um, I just once again just to echo off, I love his character development. Uh, in the first episode or two, I'm like, ugh. This guy's boring, but he really, over the season, just is amazing. And I love seeing him evolve. And and when I watched the first season um, for the first time a long time ago, I was really excited to see what was going to come next for him. So, yeah, I would have to say that. Um, favorite season, I, I mean, favorite moment, I absolutely cannot Okay. It, there's just too much. I just throwing out there stuff. No, no, no. I'm saying it's a good question. It's just that's the that's the positiveness of the show is that I I literally could not pick a favorite moment because it's just there's so many that I just <laughs> love in this in this season. So the moment I started watching to the time it was finished. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, we will be back um, later with our book book two. We will of course be doing. This this makes it complicated because I'm looking at the episode list and episode 10 and 11 are technically a two-parter. So we're probably going to have to do episodes 1 through 11 so that we don't break that up because I don't think... How I'm, many total is it? It is... Okay, so here's the catch with this one. Yeah. This season. There are 20 episodes, but two of those episodes are considered specials. That are 44 minute episodes. So I don't know how they get broken up. On like DVDs or Netflix. Because there's oh. the Fury of Aang. And then there's the Secrets of the Fire Nation. Oh. Which are episodes like 10 through uh, 13. Gotcha. There, and I also kind of want to it up. Because this, this, this season does have Tales of Ba Sing Se. Which you and me know Ellie. Yeah. That is a fuck. <laughs> nominal episode yeah and i just want to make sure that we give that episode time to breathe so we'll we when we get it we'll figure it out so you want you listening and watching at home at least get the start watching it we will we'll definitely tell you where we're at because we still need to figure that out but until then eric where can people find more from you you can find me at eric berg and at backlog berg and you can of course find zignus wherever you find great podcasts eric what you're playing this week or watching. What? So uh, what I'm playing is uh, tomorrow, as of the release of this episode, the first wave of DLC for Mario Kart 8 comes out. Yeah! I'm very excited to play that. And, of course, we've been uh, with our friends over at the Secret Levels and their Discord. We've been playing a lot of that on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been we've been having a good time. So I'm very... A lot of anger. You know, I, 
Yeah, a lot of anger, a lot of cursing, a lot of uh, a lot of things said that aren't necessarily meant. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, we've been having a, a good time with that, and I'm excited for these these new eight courses. The long overdue for a game that's been out for five years and then was out what four years, three years prior, prior yeah. to that because of uh, the Wii U. Uh, and, and then something I actually just watched that I want to recommend is uh, the new Pixar movie, Turning Red. I also watched it, and it's weird that the two guys are going to be recommending this. <laughs> um, definitely check it out. It's, it's, I think it. I think it was great. I loved it. Yes, for 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 any Canadian listeners, it takes place in Toronto, so it does. Very interesting. Ellie, are Ellie? What are you playing or watching this week? Um, actually, this week I am watching Turning Red. No. Okay. So I eventually, um reading i'm planning on finishing the thrawn comic book awesome so look forward to an upcoming episode of zing wars yes and then i am starting to kind of rail through the first three seasons of stranger things to get ready for the may 27th part one season four release all right yes yes all right. Um, I myself will be playing probably Destiny, but also Lawnmower Simulator and probably going to be getting on and getting good at drifting and whatnot in Mario Kart. Because while we are playing on Fridays with the, with, with, with the Secret Levels gang and all that stuff, I am making it almost a nightly occurrence to play with my kids on the game. And Ooh, I got to admit, a- I got to admit, Quinn's getting pretty good. She is solidly in second place. Yeah, most I was of the time gonna now. say, yeah, most of the time. She, 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 she has not toppled the champ yet, but her time <laughs> yeah, will come. She's, I she's have. Gu- she's gunning for you. She has had matches, races where she has beat you though. Yes. But not the like for the holes, like however, what do you call it? The the whole four four race. Circuit. Yes, yes. 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 I. I, I am so I am, watch out. I know. I, I I might start having to take every race seriously soon. But no, she she's doing pretty good. And then Pee Wee just she's just there to drive backwards and look at the scenery. She does good if she's paying attention. She'll she'll get a solid fifth place. Yeah. She'll get a solid fifth. And like, like I said, I'm excited for these new tracks coming out um as well. Uh access to of course I got the, the, the expansion pass now, so I have access to the to the Nintendo catalog for the 64 and Genesis for some reason. But I'm excited that this, because at this point I was like, oh, I could just buy the expansion pass or buy the... And they've been playing Paper pass. Mario. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I gave them access to that, so it's good to see that that's already paying off. Yes. All right. On that note, we will be back next week with another dirty topic.
You ruined the show.